Ladies and gentlemen, after about two months of Auburn struggling and all this drama that's been going on in the NBA, the stupendous podcast has returned. Back from the dead, baby. Let's get it. All right, today I got my man Jordan. Has his own podcast, the Popular Demand Podcast. And we got my man DK joining us as well. Should be a hot episode, and matter of fact, this is probably the longest episode I've ever recorded, so it's going to be broken down into two separate segments, but I promise you, it's going to be full of hot topics, hot takes, and everything you come to love from Stupendous Podcast, man. Let's get it. I was watching, uh, I had watched Auburn, my squad, through and through, and we actually decent, been decent in basketball, so Bruce Pearl got the, but, um... I thought I still thought we was gonna choke against uh who we played first game Xavier. I thought we was gonna choke because we yeah. like seriously that's that's all we do is choke. But they won. But I was like we got the side because Zion Williamson love to to crash and Duke like to get buckets in transition. They like the Warriors, like they love transition yeah. buckets. But we had big men that can run. So like Zion wasn't just gonna get no like flashy dunks. And like I don't think he ain't dunked last night. I don't think he dunked against us. He had one, but Big Horace uh, met him at the Horace Spencer met him at the rim, found him. So, so yeah. they looked. That was like last night was the first time they looked human, and they looked superhuman tonight. When exactly like, cause they got cause they deep. They a playoff team, and they well, not playoff. They a tournament team. They got bigs. They got you know, like they were prepared. So I like how they like Duke did not look like world beaters because they ain't going against you know ITT Tech and shit. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> like they want to get some real competition nah, tonight, and it's like it showed. Like Kentucky is not that good; they got over ranked because of Coach Kyle. But like the SEC deep, like and the whole NCAA is deep. You you just ain't finna roll over like good teams. But see, the thing about Duke is, it felt like in them first couple games, it felt like they were world beaters because it's not. Because first of all, yeah, Kentucky they might not be good now. Mm-hmm. But we know they're gonna be they're gonna be better in the future. The problem is a lot of times they bring in newer recruits, so they tend not to be that great in the beginning because they're just getting used yep. to each other. Duke players they just have a lot more chemistry for some odd reason. I guess maybe they've been playing ball and stuff together prior to the season starting. That's why they were mm-hmm. clicking. But they look like world beaters because it's not often you see three players on the same team in college capable of scoring twenty. Them guys are all getting their own baskets, but like in the game against. Gonzaga and um, I missed the other game. Like the Auburn game. game. It's yeah, the mm-hmm. Auburn game. It seems like, like you said, stopping them in transition and making them do something in the half court mm-hmm. is where you'll beat them. Because mm-hmm. in the last closing possessions against Gonzaga, it was just R.J. Barrett. I yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I I was I kind of came in late to the game, so I'm yeah. like, okay. So I see Duke going on a run, and I'm seeing them catch up. And I'm so I'm seeing the ISOs. I'm like, okay, I'm guessing R.J. Barrett had a pretty good game. Maybe that's why he is taking every literal shot in this clutch time. Yeah. And then after the game's over, I look up his stats, and I'm like, damn, this nigga's 9 for 25. Right, bro. That was the first thing I noticed. Like, they had a horrible shooting day. Like, it was terrible. For, at least for their standards, it was, like, bad. Yeah. And I see Zion, I see Zion Williamson actually – had a pretty yeah. good shooting night. I think he was eight for 16, eight for yeah. 17. And so it don't, it just, I was, and I think Reddish maybe three for six. He don't take three shots. I mean, six yeah. shots. So I was sitting there thinking to myself, why isn't the offense 
trying to get all three involved on these last couple positions and just seeing who between the three gets the best quality look. And even in that last play where RJ Barrett drove straight to the rim, trying to get, trying to tie the game and then ran into three players. All I think was, I got a 275 pound tank perimeter. Why not just get him? Maybe LeBron. Let him, yeah, let him drive. Yeah, only last possession, it made all sense of word. He was either going to draw the foul or he was going to, you know, convert the look. It made more sense than R.J. Barrett, who has been who's been having an off yeah. night. So it seems like as as great as Coach K is, like you said, stopping him in transition and making them do something in the half court where they can't just use their other their otherworldly talent and size mm-hmm. to their advantage, and they have to actually you know use their head. Yeah, it seems like when you put them in no situation in half court. They aren't as formidable as we might have thought they were. Right. Is and and that's and I'm I'm glad it happened this early because like folks was like, can they like can they go undefeated? Can they run the table? Like I mean, they still freshmen and they still having to go against sophomores and juniors and seniors. Like folks has been doing yeah, it, like real vets in the college game. Like yeah, they great. They not. They not that great. It's like the same thing. Like people talking about Alabama football. They could beat the Browns. They could beat the. I mean. Yeah, they good, but they not that good. You know what I'm saying? Just slow your roll, pump your brakes. Yeah. Like they good, but I'm, I'm glad this this uh helped them. I don't even like do for real. You feel me? I'm like I don't really follow a team. I'm just glad like all of my football team. I'm glad they doing good in basketball. But like yeah, college basketball. I just follow it for the ride, the whole thing to uh, yeah, the mo- conference tournament, March Madness. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, that's mostly me too. Yeah, so I like. The, the the storyline, you know, they headed by three black freshmen, you know, black dudes. They do, you know, they all one, two, and three in the recruiting. But I just didn't like how they was they was just labeled as world beaters. I like what's the name game. I like Zion Wilson game. To me, he like uh LeBron mixed with like Larry Johnson or something. You feel me? Man, like, yeah, like a like a Josh Smith. Yeah, or he just some just just athletic but can still move at, at that that being that big and it's crazy because yeah. like when he gets to the league, let's say he get another inch and he shed himself like two sixty. You literally talking about another LeBron, yeah. or at least in prototype wise. And you have to think about, about too. You have to think about too. He isn't. Uh, he isn't terrible from three. Yeah. Or mid range, like that kind of. Like when I watched highlight videos of Zion, I all I saw, you know, all you saw was him dunking when he was in high school. Like that's literally mm-hmm. only thing kind of footage you would see online of him. So when I watched on first couple of games, what contributed to me thinking they were world beaters because I bought into the hype. I mm-hmm. didn't, didn't think they were good enough to be the NBA team because that's ludicrous. Yeah, but ridiculous. <laughs> I I did think that this team could beat almost anybody in the NCAA mm-hmm. because when I watched Zion, he was going to the rim, finishing with his left hand, finishing with his right hand with a nice touch around the rim. Usually, players that big and that strong, with you know, with that physique that he has, usually their touch isn't all that light. But he was finishing around the rim. Almost at wheel, swapping hands and everything. It was it was something. To, it was a sight to see. Like yeah, I I couldn't believe it. And RJ Barrett was just like I said, he was using his um size at the point guard position just to bully people out the way. Mm-hmm. And it was I, I, like it's 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 amazing. To be honest with you, they got a monster, and I'm really like I'm I wanted. It's gonna be interesting going forward, like what they do. Like against other competition, like the ACC tournament, like when they play North Carolina and stuff, because they got Luke May, you know what I'm saying? They got somebody that yeah. can match Zion size wise, probably not speed wise, but yeah, you know, like once they start playing some teams with some size, 
Yeah, it's gonna be interesting and well coached teams besides it's gonna be interesting. And you see tonight they lost to Gonzaga and I yeah I, I forgot that Gonzaga was that good, but because you just saying it's like Duke and everybody else, but it's like nah, I, I mean Duke a part of the fold. <laughs> I wish I could have seen that whole game just to see how the zone is what see how it affect the zone because yeah. like it doesn't matter how fast you are in a zone. Yeah, if that center is still meeting you at the rim every time, right. And like I wonder how much, time. yeah, I wonder how much that bothered him in that game. That's what I really want to see. And like mm-hmm. you said, if the other teams in the ACC has the bodies to throw it at Zion, it doesn't really matter if he's faster as long as they're limiting him to the half court. Right. In that case, it's just a matter of making sure you're on the right spot on the court and you're meeting him as he goes up. You, you're right. You're right. Rare seeing him in half-court offense, and he shot 8 for 17. I think it was 8 for 17, and I think it went 2 for 4 from 3. Like, he's still respectable from outside, but you yeah. know he wants to – he want to go inside. He want to get dirty. And against the zone, you're just not just finna go in there and get dirty one-on-one nah. as you getting nah. surrounded by a team. Exactly. Yep. But uh, so far, I think that's the storyline for college for the most part is how is – who is going to challenge Duke on, on the long run. And – for right now, it look like they they human. They can be challenged. So uh switching up a little bit, you you I'm a, you the residential Clippers fan. How did please let me know how that happened? Like this is pre Live City, during yeah. Live City, how you it, it's mostly Live City. Yeah. Because I grew up I really grew up I didn't I loved basketball, but I really wasn't just a fan of a particular team. I was more a fan of players. I used to love mm-hmm. Dwight Howard, big man, back when he was with the Magic before I realized he was a bitch. <laughs> when he went to the Lakers. When yeah. we went to the Lakers, I realized who I realized who the real Dwight Howard was. Yeah. Didn't like him that much after that. I used to be a big KG fan when he was with Minnesota and with the Celtics. Uh, but I also loved Chris Paul when he was with the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Even though I wouldn't just I didn't really just watch the Hornets all day. I loved Chris Paul's game. Mm-hmm. And, I did, and I loved Blake Griffin when he was with uh, Oklahoma. So when he the Clippers, I followed them and stuff. And after Chris Paul, who was my favorite player at the time, went on over to the Clippers, I said, you know what? I might as well make the Clippers my team. Like, I look like when I used to watch the Clippers games, I'm like, these are the most exciting games in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They're in the live city era with Chris Paul throwing, you know, lobs off the backboard. And yeah. DeAndre and Blake Griffin telling him, either both of them jumping in the air, fighting over in the air, then dunking it. I was like, man, this, this, this is a fun team to watch. Like, Slick, like yeah. Like at that time, I wasn't all that versed in basketball, so I didn't know exactly how good they were or how good they could be. Mm-hmm. I just knew, like the young me, every time I sat down and watched them, I was like, "Damn, this shit fun." <laughs> yeah. Now, three, four years in, them niggas getting put out in the second round, first round, it wasn't as fun as it originally was. Yeah. It started to wear on me, and after Chris and Blake made their exits, I sat and thought to myself, "Do I really want to be a Pistons fan?" <laughs> Nah, not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> not really. Not for real. Like, they got championship pedigree, but I really don't want to watch them play basketball. Yeah. And after I watched, um, of course, I still root for Chris Paul and with the Rockets because that's my boy. Yeah. Because that's the reason he was the reason I was a Clipper fan. But at the same time, after spending so many years in room for the Clippers, emotionally investing myself in that team, that franchise, and um, talking to the fans and stuff every weekend in and out, I realized that, yeah, I. I can't. I can't stop being a Clipper fan. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's gonna pay off one day in, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the super future. It might be my grandkids. 
Like, yeah, the granddad, your team finally. Finally, after all these years, you they they finally won. won. Right, I feel you, bro. I'm, I ain't, I'm like kind of the same way. I grew up like my favorite player was like everybody's favorite player was Jordan, but like yeah. after playing, like I think it was like 2K11, 2K12, you know, like I, I fell in love with like old school players. Like my favorite player to watch, like everybody had the, like LeBron and Kobe. I, my favorite player was D Rose. Yeah, like, and I'm still a D Rose fan. Everywhere D Rose go, I'm that's my dude. Like, that's and it's hard. Like, it's been it's been tough. Yeah, I, I bet. It's, it's been like I'm I'm one of them. Like I'm them D, I'm the D Rose fan. It was like I was almost at bro. He need he might need to retire, but I just felt like hey, he got something in him. D Rose a dog, and I mean he came out and dropped for it for the fifty. He dropped like. He went insane against LeBron and them Lakers in LA. I'm like, okay, D Rose back. I think he might get comeback player to get personally. But like Jordan, Hardaway, uh, Larry Johnson, Sean Kemp, just all them old school players. Right? Yeah. I fell in love with them. So I like I love like they it was like they had up tempo back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Like they was that yeah. high flying, moving the ball around. Oh, yeah, that type. Okay, you a Clippers fan. Yeah. So from afar. All right, I want to – y'all got cap space, right? Re- yeah. A reasonable amount of cap space. Okay. Yes. I'm about to just throw some names out. Gotcha. Likelihood and what you think they finna give up to try to get these people. John Wall slash Bradley Bill. Like, y'all either or. Yeah. <laughs> okay, who y'all giving up? <laughs> because, like, John Wall, they say they're going to they gonna trade – you know, they, they put everybody on a, the Wizards roster is on – they on sale. Yeah. Y'all, I think it's like y'all in Miami are like some of the few teams that's like actually got the space to sign John Wall or at least trade for him to yeah, pick up I his contract. Uh, See, the thing about it is while we have space, we still had to send out like an equal amount of money, I think, in players to get John Wall. John Wall has a mammoth Monster. contract. Yeah, like <laughs> I think we had to send – like Tobias and you know how Chris Paul trade was yeah. they sent they sent like 15 players to the Clippers Slip. that's what the the Clippers would have oh. sent that, that many people over just to acquire John Wall John Wall is now like four or five of your best players on your team not you're right, right now yeah not right. at all Bradley Beal on the other hand I feel like the Clippers would be interested in but I don't think they really have any assets right now that they want to move that the Wizards would actually want. Like, the only guys I can see the Wizards wanting is Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. And the Clippers love Tobias Harris. They, but the, Their current cap space situation, they can sign two max players next summer and keep Tobias Harris if they want to. Yeah. So, in their minds, I, from look I've seen and what I've seen, like, the head office say about Tobias Harris, they want to keep him day. around so he could be the third best player. Okay. All right, so you're saying third best to whoever, whatever these free agents come up. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So they don't want – so our best asset is Shagilda Shai Alexander, who mm-hmm. definitely isn't on the table, and Tobias Harris, who the Clippers see as being the second or third best option once a free agent comes there. Mm-hmm. Everybody else on the team is probably expendable, but I don't – like Lou Williams, Gallinari – Montrez, mm-hmm. which I don't think they would want to move Montrez. Basically, the guys I feel like the Clippers would be cool moving Avery Bradley, Gallinari, them guys. I, the, the Wizards don't want them. They want yeah. draft picks. They, <laughs> they would want Shy. They would want Tobias. 
they could probably take Jerome Robinson from us, but they would still have to send out. I, I can't imagine they would take Gallinari. If they take Gallinari, Avery Bradley, Jerome, yeah, give yeah. us Avery Bradley. Give us not give us Bradley Beal, but I doubt they'll take that deal. So I don't think the Clippers will be a real major player. Yeah, I, he, they definitely won't for John Wall. Definitely might, maybe, possibly for Beal, but I can't see it. Okay, so they wilding. So they out the que- they out the question for a trade for those guys. What about Kimba? <laughs> or would Kim Kimba would he even fit in the um you I, I actually hadn't thought about Kimba. Yeah, I think that's simply because the Clippers, the Clippers have shy, which sounds crazy, but I think they're really high on shy, which is why they haven't really been looking at prospective point guards, mm-hmm. and even and even like guy like Kimba, I don't think like they want to move assets for a guy like Kimba. Yeah, for from what the Clippers seem to be aiming for, they seem to be shooting for needle moving players. Like Kimba Walker's an incredible player, but I don't feel like you want him to be your best player on your team, as we've seen with the with the Hornets. Yeah, even though he is incredible, the Clippers are more so aiming for guys like of KD, Ilk, Kawhi. What's going to be what's going to be Jimmy Butler? Like yeah, tier, tier one, one. Yeah. yeah, tier one, tier two players. I don't think Kimba Walker will be in either one of those tier. Same with John Wall as of right now. But the bill will be interesting simply because he's young and you could build going forward with Bill, Tobias, and you still have max contract slot for a third player to bring in. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah, but that's why I feel like they're not going to be buyers in this trade market unless it's for someone like a KD yeah. or Kawhi. It used they, to be Butler, but not Butler anymore. Now yeah. he's found his home with the with the seventy six. Nah, yeah, he he definitely he's definitely found a home now. He he's slick. I honestly think Jimmy Butler would he might like the same thing that Paul George did. Like he gonna fall in love with what they got with their young core. Oh, and he's yes. staying. He gonna like that. That's what he gonna yeah. be. Because what thing about who in the, who else in the East besides? I mean, you got the Celtics. You have them. You got the Sixers. You got the Raptors. Yeah, and Honestly, I don't see a lot of people thinking that Kawhi is going to stay in Toronto, even though no. they are blowing, like, I ain't going to say blowing out of everybody, but it, yeah. they are a formidable, like, they are forced. They have I'm a chance to make it to the finals. The Raptors are blowing out of everybody. Like, yeah. tonight, I think they won by, like, 15 without Kawhi. Like, they played, like, three or four games without Kawhi, and they've won them easily. Yeah. But like you said, despite Kawhi's situation being perfect, Kawhi's unpredictable. I can see him walking away next summer. And mm-hmm. coming to the Clippers, as <laughs> yeah. he previously said he wanted to do. Yeah. But like you said, if Kawhi leaves, you got the Celtics, which are still trying to figure out if everything there will actually work. Yeah, because I think, see, I heard, I, I listened to a little bit of this on first take, and it made me think about it like it kind of made sense. How they struggling a little bit. When they was going off and they tear, they was, it was like by committee. They didn't have obviously Gordon Hayward went down first game, but then Kyrie got hurt, you know, yeah. later on down the line. So you got Terry Rozier stepping up, you got the bench stepping up, you got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown playing at their mind because they got more touches, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But now you, you bring the stars back, you're trying to get Gordon Hayward reacclimated in the plan. That's messing with, you know, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum touches. Then you got mm-hmm. Kyrie not saying what he's doing is bad. He, Kyrie playing his game, but those touches, Kyrie touches ain't the same as Terry Rozier touches. Nope, at all. So that's affecting. Excuse me. That's affecting 
what uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are doing, and that's the young core that was doing the work last year. So Celtics good if they can find out how to play together with all with those main four pieces. Yeah, they would be nasty, but it's gonna cause it's gonna take a minute. I think it's gonna be like right before the All Star break or right after All Star break they get yeah. clicking. But that's the thing about it. So the Sixers would have them to compete against. Mm-hmm. The Bucks look like they're finally becoming competent. Mm-hmm. They would have them to compete against. But that's like be honest with you, I don't feel like you'd be better off in either one of the conferences. And at this yeah. point, I feel like both conferences are pretty stacked. But more than anything, Jimmy Butler is on a team with already two All Stars, mm-hmm. and really the only thing they're liking now is just shooting. And I feel like you can you can find shooters for cheap here and there. So. With that being said, Jim Butler and the Sixers are tearing teams apart right now. Even though he just got there and they already they're they're still winning. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's no better situation for him. Yep, I, I hope I I I hope he stays just for the balance of power. Just yes. for, like just for conference balance, he should stay. But at the same time, I think Kawhi should stay for conference balance. But we you know, yeah. like I know that, that he want to be in L.A. He want to be in the Sun. Yeah, he want to be the sun. And then he want to be the number one guy. Yeah, he want to be with the Lakers. Apparently, hopefully that's true. Yeah, about the Lakers, like I don't know. It's a pretty, pretty commonly known stat. All Brandon Ingram stats go up when him and LeBron ain't on the floor together. But Brandon Ingram is adamant about not coming off the bench, which I understand. Yeah, I understand. Which... I mean, he is. I mean, he he is starting his own right. He ain't LeBron, but he is starting his own right. But how? Do you see the whole Lakers situation turning into like the Cleveland 2.0 situation where Luke Walton getting they getting him up out of there? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think Luke days are numbered. No matter how this season ends, like someone on Twitter told me, when you think about it, Luke Walton isn't the coach that Magic hired. The last owners and GMs are who hired Luke Walton, mm-hmm. not Magic Johnson. And the fact that Magic Johnson came to him eight games into the season, after, after only eight games after acquiring players like Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, keeping um, Caldwell Pope, and he's mad to him that they're not beating everybody mm-hmm. and they're not gelling. The fact that he went in like eight games into the season and said, look, you're coaching for your life already, that just shows me that he already plans to get rid, rid of Luke, mm-hmm. regardless of what happens. It's going to happen. Just like Luke Blanton, just like, not Luke Blanton, but like Blanton. Whatever his, yeah, David Black. Yeah. yeah, David Black. Just like how he was kicked off the Cavs, even though they were the number one seed in the in the East. I see no matter what the Lakers do going forward, Luke Walton is a dead man walking. Yeah. As for Brandon Ingram, I don't think he's actually all that good. Mm-hmm. Honestly, which is why he's playing better against, you know, when he's going against second units yeah. without LeBron on the court. Also because LeBron reverts, you no, know, turns him into a three-point shooter, which he actually isn't when he's on the court, which is why he's so bad when LeBron's on the court. He don't know what to do. Yeah. Because he's supposed to hang out around the three-point line, but he sucks out there. And when he drives, he isn't really good at passing out. Mm-hmm. So he ends up taking a hard, contested shot. He, just watching him play, he's like a real, like, ISO player. Even though he don't got, like, just mean handle, you know, like, point guard handle. He like having the yeah. ball in his hand controlling the show. So it makes sense why when LeBron on the floor, who is also a controlling the flow, like he controlling the game type player, that his yeah. numbers will go down because the ball yeah. out of his hands. He don't know how to act. He's not a catch and shoot player, like you said. He 
LeBron game is drive, make the defense collapse, and kick it out to like two or three shooters. That ain't that, and I think that's gonna be the Lakers' downfall at least this year. They don't have shooting. No, not reliable shooting. Like at all. freaky shooters. Yeah. Like, that's why like, they're saying J.R. Smith getting traded out there. Like that's not really helping their situation. Like he, <laughs> like I would. <laughs> Good I, God, right? That is not helping their situation at all. Like you, LeBron said a week ago. Was it two weeks ago or a week ago? He said, "I'm losing my patience." Yeah, and the last thing you want to do <laughs> is add J.R. Smith to that man team. Right. Don't do that to LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> Don't do that to LeBron. LeBron look. LeBron think he left Cleveland. LeBron left J.R. Smith. Right. That's what he left. <laughs> don't. don't, don't be, be his piece. Yes. Don't be his <laughs> handy. Don't be his handy. Do not, bro, do not bring J.R. to L.A. I, but to be honest, I'm surprised, like, Swaggy P ain't out there. Like, he, they literally like the same player, but I'm surprised he he didn't, they didn't sign him. Or that he ain't even on the roster to begin with. I think it's mostly because Swaggy P is a defensive liability. Mm-hmm. Just like the same reason Jamal Crawford isn't in the league right now. Yeah. He's he's a defensive liability. Even though they both can provide shooting, they and they're ice they're still both ISO level players who can't defend. Yeah. Which is why you don't want them on your rosters. Even though they can't provide <laughs> shooting, you just don't want them guys out yeah. there. Cause it's become the game, the way the game been played now is becoming you gotta be too way. And you gotta be at least able to yeah. somewhat stretch the flow. At least mid-range uh the three, you got to do that. Facts. And they offensive, like, they play offense out their mind. Like, but I, I hate that, that Crawford got old, man, because that's really what's slowing him down defensively. Like, he would, I ain't going to say he was, like, like ever locked down in any way. No. But, nah. you know, he was he was better at defense when he was younger. Yeah, he was taller. Yeah. He was he was he was better, uh, tolerable, yeah, like you said. But I feel for him, man. Uh, what else? What else? Wilding in the NBA? So, oh oh see, yeah, that whole the whole Warriors drama too. Um, a lot of people, including me, think KD out of there. That that uh, that the whole thing with um Draymond was just like, I guess they using that media wise as focal point. Oh, will he leave because of that? I yeah, think, catalyst. yeah, yeah, like they they using that as fuel. Oh yeah, he out of here because of that. I think personally, KD want to be his own man. You feel me? Like he want to yeah. go somewhere and run the show his way. Like when he was in OKC, it was him and Russ. Like him and Russ was Thunder Buddies, but they can't Thunder Buddies. They couldn't do nothing together. But I feel like they it's like they couldn't play together. But they would. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's yeah. kind of hard to explain because like they went to the finals and what they went six against the Heat. Like they 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 could play together, but it was like, but they also had hard that too. But you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's hard to explain. But he it's, wanted it's to be because man. I feel like they their styles fit each other perfectly, but also in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Well, Westbrook was a ball dominant guard, and KD was that secondary scorer who just didn't need the ball all the time. But the problem was when KD clearly needed to have the ball. Westbrook wasn't giving it up to him. At all. And that was their bane, and that's why they end up losing. Mm-hmm. Now, when he went to the Warriors, the Warriors would get KD the ball when it, when he needed it. Now it seems like after KD has got his rings, it almost feels like he wants or should want to have his own team to prove that, look, I didn't, I, yeah, I won these rings with the Warriors, but I can also win by myself. Because mm-hmm. y'all, some of y'all think, some of y'all think Westbrook was the reason I was winning. Some of y'all believe that 
the Warriors can win without me. I could be my own man too. Yeah. And it, it, it it's kind of weird, like, cause you remember, like, um, I think I think it was them KD fives, them commercials, them ads they was running. They was like, I think they was running like, um, uh, they were solving mysteries and stuff. He was like, who think it was KD? Oh, it couldn't have been KD. He's the nicest guy in the NBA. You remember them commercials? Okay. Yes. So like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What I'm about to get to. They painted this image that KD was like this nice dude. Obviously, you know, like he don't. He came out and said, you know, I always been like this, like sensitive and stuff. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. And when he was playing with Russ in Oklahoma, it's like he was a nice guy because it wasn't much scrutiny. It was like, oh my God, look at these dudes. It's like it wasn't until after yeah. he chose to go to the Warriors that people were like, oh, he he weak, he this, he that. Well, you, well, you know, he tried to do a campaign before he left the Thunders where he did some Kurt commercials. He was saying, Katie is yeah. not nice. But yeah. it just never stuck because, you know, he didn't exactly. seem like that type of guy. But then he went to the Warriors and kind of tried to act like a fake tough guy. Was like, dude, why right. you trying so hard to be hard? Like, that ain't all. you. <laughs> like, like, like him, like him going yeah. to that fan the other night. Like, that just, that just, that, like, I understand him being upset, he but bothered. it just looked weak to me. He looks bothered. Yeah. yeah, especially with the fact that you got Draymond talking any kind of way, but right. you aren't really confronting him, but you're confronting a fan. Like, it just... Just cut all yeah, that nonsense out, and I and I think like to answer your original question about Draymond getting mm. KD out of there, I think KD already felt was looking was weighing his options because if he wasn't really weighing his options, Draymond Green would have mm. been mad to begin with. So it's clear that he's already thinking about leaving, and I think the fact that Draymond is telling him we don't need you, we never needed you. I don't know why you think we needed you, even though Draymond Green yeah. told him to come there. We need him. <laughs> I think KD, being as insecure as as sensitive he is, he's gonna go home, lay in his bed, not brush his head, hey, <laughs> and he's gonna just sit there and think about all night, toss and turn. Man, if I stay, that makes me a bitch, yeah. like Draymond said. <laughs> And I think that's going to really bother him. Like, I really think that's going to bother him. I think that's going to yeah. force him to leave. Hey, man, that's all for the first portion of this NBA episode. Um, DK comes back in the next part. We had technical difficulties in the first portion. But we come back. We It's all to talk. Free Kimba. We're talking about KD. We're talking about the rest of the drama cap space in the NBA, man. I promise. It's a doozy. Uh, but we one omission in this part. Um, Jamal Crawford is on the Suns I, We didn't think he was in the league But he does play for the Suns He's on the Suns roster But other than that man uh, Stay blessed I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving